Welcome to the Open Source Way. This is SAP's podcast series in which we'll talk about the difference that open source can make. In each episode, we'll talk to a different expert and we'll talk to them about why they do it the open source way. I'm your host, Carsten Hohage, and today I will talk to Andre Bormann and Philipp Degler about Rust. Andre has celebrated his 10th anniversary at SAP last year. He started as an SAP Solution Manager Consultant and ABAP Developer and is now part of the Strategic Development Projects team as Full Stack Development Expert. Last year, he started the SAP Internal Knowledge Transfer Series, Rust, What the Crab, to spread the knowledge about Rust within SAP. Philip is a professional C++ developer at day and a passionate Rust developer at night. He joined SAP in 1999, just like myself, by the way. Since then, he has worked in different areas from high-level ABAP application development to low-level systems development. Currently, he works as a development expert in the ABAP language group. And together with Andre, he runs the Rust at SAP community. Now, hello, Andre, and hello, Philip. Hi. Hi. In the beginning, when we talked about Rust, there were five of you. Now there are two. Is it right you kind of like gamble about who gets to be in the podcast? Well, yes, actually, we recently did that because all of us are keen to be part of that podcast series. And so we played kind of a famous variation of the game um, Rock, Paper, Scissors, which some of you might know from the Big Bang Theory movie series, which is Rock, Paper, Scissors, Lizard, Spock. And happily, Philip and myself just win all the rounds we played. Okay, the Lizard, Spock version is, is like the nerd version, is that right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, well, it's a it's a it's an IT podcast. What would you expect? Uh, how how does lizard look? Um, I guess it's um, like a half open hand, like you would like try to bite someone. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's like the silent fox from in school, just with the open mouth, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Uh, and Spock, I guess, is the two fingers, two fingers live long and prosper, right? Yep. Okay, do I qualify as nerd or... Uh... Yeah, you do so. <laughs> okay, great. Then uh, then I have, I'm, I'm basically authorized to talk about Rust with you, it seems. Now, Philip, apart from... The first thing that comes to my mind, a mixture of iron hydroxides and oxides... Uh, What's Rust and why is it at least recently getting important for SAP? Well, let me rephrase the question of a little bit different. It's not the question of what is Rust, what is Rust not. And Rust in the first place is not a game. Um, it's a programming language. Sure, it's also a game, but um, it's a really good programming language. And it's not just another programming language. It's really an evolution in programming languages, at least uh, for systems programming languages. And there is a big hype currently in the community, in the programming world. Rust is now available or, let's say, in the open for quite some years, but it gains more and more traction. And I think part of this reason is that the mother of the language, I would say, it's the founder um, is Mozilla. Uh, Mozilla was one of the companies that made Rust happen. And they really put a lot of love and a lot of work into this language together with an open source community that they founded from the get-go. So Rust was open source just from the start. 
And I think this is one of the reasons the, the language is so, so successful. And there is a proof that, that this was a good idea to do it like they did it, open source and, and in, 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 in joint uh, so together with all the experts around the world, is that when you look at Stack Overflow, they did a survey, or at least there is a category in the survey for the most loved programming language. And Rust won this category five times in a row. And the interesting part of this, so you get a questionnaire as a developer or as a participant in Stack Overflow, and you should rate over certain aspects. And the aspect most loved programming language, when you look at the, the part the question is phrased, it's like, when you have tried the language, would you keep using it? So in my opinion, a lot of talks about Rust talk about this aspect, that Rust is the most loved programming language. But if you look at really clearly at the question that they asked in Stack Overflow, it's really more like, you used it, do you still like it? And the answer is a clear yes. And this is very important for a programming language because when you try it and you keep using it, then, then it must be good, right? Then now we have the, the survey result that it's a liked, a loved language. Is it also being used accordingly much? Yes, definitely yes. Everybody who is part of the programming world and who also participates in the Rust community can, can see in Reddit and all those other social channels that you can follow Rust. Uh, you can see that a lot of famous companies lately joined the Rust community and also announce projects that they are doing with it. Okay, okay, just making sure. Sometimes things are loved very much, but still not very successful. Yeah, absolutely. Andre, uh, so it's the most beloved language, uh, or the one with the greatest survey results in Stack Overflow over five years at least. How does that impact development at SAP or SAP overall? Let's do a short time travel before we just answer that question. Because in 1972, when SAP was founded, we started with our own development language. It's called ABAP. You have recently had a talk about that as well, which could be also seen like a first flagship of open source, even though only customer who has bought SAP software could really look into the source code, if you like. And with that language, SAP was capable of being market leader for enterprise software right from the beginning. And that's because we promised to provide stable, safe, reliable, and maintainable software for decades to come. But if you now press a little bit fast forward, then you pretty easily see that the market has changed tremendously, right? New technology has been invented and floated the market, if you like, like um, technology platforms, cloud products, and the like. So SAP was kind of under pressure to keep up the momentum of being market leader in those sections and also grow into those new spaces like technology platform and cloud. And so from my point of view, Rust is kind of a natural and perfect fit there because Rust promises are exactly the same. So being able to provide or implement software which is reliable, safe, stable and secure, so to speak. You mean the Rust promises are exactly the same promises as the original ABAP promises? Uh, were we still at that? Well, I would say they are quite likely the same. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure whether they're really exactly the same, but they're going into the same direction. So we as SAP company has made the promise to our customer to provide them safe and secure and stable and reliable software. And that's kind of also the thing which is written on the banner of Rust, if you like. Really, so that you have a programming language that allows you to 
develop software that also adheres to those promises. Just trying to make sure that we're getting the differences and similarities right here, uh, because uh, you also said something about ABAP being kind of like uh, one of the first open source languages, which of course you said not by license, only because if you had access to the files, they are readable. Exactly. But is that also the case with Rust? I thought that's a compiled language. And so if you get a delivery of something executable, you can't read it anymore. Well, that's true if you look at the compiled binaries, but the um, delivery or distribution of all the components you would need to compile your final binary is delivered by source code. So the different pieces and parts are called crates at Rust. And there is a huge hosted web page, which is called crates.io. And there you can find the whole bunch of um, libraries and crates, all readable source code, and will be always downloaded as source code packages to be compiled into your final binary. And the same is true for the whole Rust compiler. So the Rust language itself is also completely available as open source. Cool. I'm just trying to be sure that I understand the comparison correctly. So let's get back to what does it mean for SAP. Uh, you were saying the Rust promises perfectly fit. Exactly. Um, that's that's one part of the answer, I would say. And the second thing is that the historically core components of SAP software are written in huge chunks in C and C++. And Rust comes out of the box with a great interoperability into existing C or C++ code bases. So that would be also a great candidate to step-by-step -step migrate or refactor security-relevant parts of our software, for example, with Rust, to gain the benefits of that programming language. There's also the situation currently that if you look at job postings, for example, there are more and more job postings containing Rust as a programming language for new talents as nice to have, or even though as prerequisite. And we at SAP, we always try to hire the best in class talents. So we can't really ignore that part and that uh, movement as well. Maybe if I can add to this, um, in our area, we recognized we had an internal project, wanted to create a tool, and we decided to create this tool in Rust. And then we announced it and said, hey, there's some students or some colleagues who want to uh, want to help us working with this, with this project, uh, we would be fine. And the interesting thing was, we had a lot of those specific projects that we offered to students and stuff. But this very project got the most attention. We even had colleagues in areas that are not students or that are not really, uh, were not looking for something to program as such. They just saw that there is something with Rust and they asked, are you doing things with Rust? Can we also do this project with you together? Uh, so th there was some internal interest which really overwhelmed us and, and which showed us clearly that the interest in Rust, not only outside SAP, also inside SAP was Quite big, yeah, surprisingly. And so that was within a number of all open source projects uh, where Rust created that main attraction, or was it not necessarily all open source projects? No, in this case, it was just an internal project, more or less also a toy thing, I would say, because we were offering those positions for students that uh, should not do productive code. They just have the chance to meet SAP and to do some projects with us. and. I'm just trying to find out if it's just the overall attractivity of open source with the young folks 
or with developers, uh, no matter how old they are, maybe, or if it's something particular about Rust. Because from what you've said so far, okay, it's a programming lang language. Well, it has a compiler. It's uh, cool. It's uh, on the rise. Uh, but what's the real difference to other languages uh, that makes it necessary or so cool? <laughs> it's not only the fact that it is open source and it's not only the fact that it is Rust. So it's both of them, but also the thing what Rust really makes different right from the beginning. So if we see programming languages that has been there for decades, that in complex and current software products, they kind of all suffer from the same issues. Um, recent analysis of other software companies has also shown that the main root cause of, for instance, security breaches or other things of bugs are often memory corruptions. So issues with memory access, um, heap or stack overflows, um, double free of instances or uses of memory instances that has been freed already. Um, or kind of buffer overflows like accessing arrays out of bounds and the like, right? And while those languages really evolved over the years and each language has tried to tackle those everlasting issues differently already, coming up with new ideas or concepts um, like using garbage collection or introducing after-development tools like scan tools, vulnerability scan tools, or security scan tools to find out whether the developer has introduced some bug while accessing memory or the like. Rust really grabbed those issues at the root and introduces completely new concepts to that to ensure that this kind of runtime surprises can't really happen so that all checks are as much as possible executed during compile time and give the developer a good feeling while saying, if I am the compiler shouting at you, don't worry. I mean, act like a surgeon sometimes. But if I'm fine with your code and it compiles, then it also will run. It will run safely uh, without any issues to memory corruptions or the like. So there will, no, will be no runtime surprises, so to speak. And the real... Second pillar, which is also, I would say, as much as important as the language and their concept itself is the community, the open source community. They are totally friendly and they are always there to help you to become a better developer with Rust. So providing this kind of stressed term idiomatic, so they're really helping you to write better Rust code that not only compiles, but it also is concise in a way to have good quality code um, you um, provide and have in your software product, so to speak. Okay, so you have this combination, like when you say the community, you're still allowed to play with your friends, but when you get home to your compiler, someone's very strict with you and tells you to, I don't know, wash your hands before you eat dinner. Exactly. <laughs> and wash it twice. Okay, okay, okay. And other compilers don't do that? Sure, they do, but differently. Okay. How differently? Well, this is, I think, one of the really, really important aspects of a tool that you use as a developer. You have to uh, have good error messages. So when, when you run into a problem, the better you understand the problem, the faster you are fixing the problem, the faster you are evolving uh, your code. And uh, the Rust compiler really has 
extraordinary good error messages. So this is a completely different level compared to C or C++ compiler output. I think even us non-developers know that there are very different error messages, and I can imagine that that's the case in compilers uh, just as well, but also from compiled software that's actually there for me to use. We all know that some error messages just tell you something went wrong, and other error messages tell you what went wrong. And uh, even better error messages even tell you how to fix what went wrong. And that's exactly what the Rust compiler does, right? So it does not only tell you what is wrong, he's really verbose. So he really tells you what's currently the issue and what might be the possible and helpful fix for that issue. I mean, I wouldn't go that far and say that's an artificial intelligence thingy, but it's kind of a trainer, right? So even though you don't have a trainer in person who explains what Rust is and what the syntax and language constructs is, you can, even though it is a steep learning curve, but you can start right from the beginning and the compiler is also there to help you to become a better developer. But I said that uh, other compilers might not have ideal messages or, or error messages. I don't want to bash on, on, any, on any compiler here. Yeah? Uh, I mean, the Rust really has the advantage uh, that it's a new language and uh, they started from scratch and they could learn from the errors from others. And clearly Rust is also a mixture of good concepts and of nice features of other programming languages that they have adopted and that they so they took the good things of other languages and put it into Rust. For you as a developer, what does all that we have learned about Rust or talked about Rust so far, what does that mean for you? Yeah, I, I think I want to tell a personal story here. I just looked it up before this talk. Um, it was 2014. There is a platform, it's called OpenHPI. It's a platform sponsored by the Hasselblad Institute. There you can do free courses and learn and improve your skills. I did so too with a parallel programming course. And at that point in time, uh, the students of this course, they should program a parallel program. At that point in time, I was not too much into parallel programming. So therefore, I also did this course, right? And then we were free to choose the language to implement this task. And I just read from some news blog, I read about Rust and I said, why not try Rust? And this is interesting. I never had this effect before with another language. I really fell in love with the language from the get-go. So it was a love in first sight. And then I had some issues, as we just said. The compiler is really harsh. The learning curve of Rust is a little bit higher than other systems programming languages, maybe. So it takes you a while until you get your program to compile. But for me, the most impressive thing was, I think it was a heat thing. So you should distribute heat on some surfaces and stuff like that. So this was a parallel task. And I finished the program, I ran the program, and it just worked. I was really blown away. Like I really had to fight hard against the compiler. Compiler was yelling at me all the time. I was frustrated like hell. And it finally compiled. So that it finally compiled was a big relief to me at that point. But then it just worked. Yeah. And I think this was the moment in time where a lot of first sight grew because after that point, I really decided, like in this Stack Overflow survey, I decided I want to continue using Rust. And I did this now for. Uh, I have to calculate seven years. <laughs> and at some point, I also decided I also want to use Rust in my daily business. And, and I think this is the story. This is why we are here today, because there are developers at SAP and the numbers are growing that really fell in love with the language, that see the potential of the language, and that see this is not only for me, this is also for the company, for everybody, without 
sounding pathetic, but I really had the impression that I need to do something. And that's why I founded, uh, together with Andre we, we, and, and other colleagues uh, that, I, that I should mention, we first have been in the coffee corners and were chit-chatting about Rust and saying, oh, how nice would it be to use Rust in our daily jobs and stuff like that. And, and this thing grew, right? So in the meantime, we have a community. But to get back to your question, Carsten, you asked me, for me as a developer, and so I asked myself for now more than four years, why is Rust so different? Why do I feel different? Why can I say that I, quote unquote, love Rust? And I think the answer is that maybe you remember yourself in your life when there's something hard, when you have to fight for something, when you have to work for something to get it done. And it's really hard work, but you get it done at the end and you feel that you have made an increment, a big increment. So you grew, you grew by what you had to go through. And for me, it's similar with Rust. Whenever I have to fight the compiler again, because I really conceptually misunderstood something, the compiler won't let you. So I could have written the same code in C and C++ maybe, and just compiled it, and maybe it worked. Maybe I shipped it to the customer, and seven years later, there is a bug. Exactly this point in my code, where the compiler did not yell at me, Rust would yell at you. Would say, no, I won't allow you to shoot yourself in the foot. And if you are an experienced programmer like me in C and C++, you might look at this message of this compiler message like, wait a second, what is wrong here? Did I misunderstand something? And then at the end, when you finally understood, okay, this is the reason I really misunderstood this my whole time, then you grew. Okay, so what you're saying is what I always say about school, like uh, from a certain point, you only learn from the strict teachers, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, so so Rust is the strict teacher. I just had this thought, do you have to have a certain developer personality to fall in love with Rust? You as an experienced developer, <laughs> yeah. because the other compilers do not teach you anything anymore. Or maybe is it you have to be a little masochistic <laughs> to like to be yelled at by the compiler for the first couple of months. Or is it, I don't know, you're especially keen on quality because the compiler does already 75% of your what usually QM does? Well, I would say it's like getting parents, right? It's a little bit not only that you feel right for that, it's just a decision. And when you are working with Rust and the compiler, it's also kind of feels sometimes like raising a child, right? You be shout at you and whatever, but when your child is once smiling back at you, then everything is fine again. And that's kind of how it works with the Rust compiler. So he's shouting at you, he's crying, he is not doing what you want um, like a child, but once you compile and it runs, is like this child is smiling back to you and then everything is fine. You feel happy and confident that your work has been honored to some extent. So you don't need to be born to use Rust, but you just need to make this decision to say, okay, I'm now ready to start something new. I'm curious. I want to try something out and I'm not fearing the compiler to shout at me. Okay, now we have Rust. Uh, must be really quite the miracle language there because we have it in the both roles now. Uh, we have it as in the sergeant major who's yelling at you and the child who's being yelled at. Uh, no. Um, anyway, Andre, uh, what was your first contact with it? We've had Phil's story now. What was yours? Well, that's also kind of a nice story, I would say, because it's also three or four years back then where I started in my spare time to do some bare metal Raspberry Pi operating system development. And as those usually start, 
maybe an assembler or some higher level programming language like C. I started with C, to be honest. I rumbled with the several issues there. So I start very soon while my operating system gets complex with different memory issues, so to speak. And that is really hard on a bare metal system to really dig into those bugs because there's no operating system already there. There's no debugging tool. There's no possibility to step your code line by line and see where the issue to tackle that down. And which also adds to the complexity is that the Raspberry Pi is a four core um, small PC, so to speak. So it's quite attractive to do parallel and concurrent programming there, which was my aim, so to speak. And then during an internal event of SAP, just a colleague passed by and saw me complaining and kind of um, crying about my issues. I wasn't able to really dig to the root cause and said, have you tried Rust? And I said, mm, Rust, what that? Yeah, that's a new language. And they promise they don't have any memory issues so easily to... Um, be there for you in your code. And then I tried it and then that started kind of the same story as with Philip. So I really felt in love on first sight and thought it is hard to get the code running to build your operating system with Rust, but once it has compiled all the kind of issues I had previously without knowing, well, where is the core running into any issues because of my memory is corrupted, they were completely gone. And then it started to make really fun and it really kicks me to further and further provide crates and tools for the Raspberry Pi bare metal environments in Rust. And that makes really fun. It starts really make fun. So you both fell not completely immediately, but when you first got past the compiler for your first time, you fell in love with Rust. Exactly. Um, <laughs> with you both being in love with Rust now, what are the initiatives within SAP that are already happening or, or is there anything is it just kind of getting people on rust or is anything already being developed in rust so on yeah maybe i take this question as i said already it is a grassroots thing at sap we as developers discovered this is a treasure and we should make it available to more colleagues and therefore starting out of the coffee corners we really got kicked off um an internal meetup, which is now held for some years, I would say it's two years already, um, that we meet internally and more and more colleagues are joining in. And out of that initiative, internal tools have been built that we use for our compiler uh, architecture, CICD landscape and stuff like that. So there are already things that we do in SAP with Rust, but it has not reached, I would say, a business level. We do not have, I would say, a visibility in management areas with Rust. And, and I think this is okay and this is good because otherwise it would maybe lose its open source character and its steam and its, its soul that it has currently. We have a community now at SAP that is tailored to Rust and that really likes to bring Rust forward. And maybe I should mention that also Andre and other colleagues who are joining me on this endeavor had done a great job so far of really educating colleagues and spreading the word about Rust. Okay, thanks. Thanks for that. The only thing I would like to add here is really that using a new programming language in an enterprise context also comes with its own challenges, right? So we are also currently evaluating the enterprise readiness, so to speak, of the language, of the tools, and how we can meet the high quality standards and product standards we are 
obliged to adhere to within SAP to really ensure that the software we are delivering to our customers is in the best possible quality. The lucky thing is that from my experience, sometimes even with the size of SAP, these grassroots things still do work. I mean, look at, say, SAP HANA. That was not in the first place a management idea. That was some indexing engine people meeting with some database engine people uh, and having wild fantasies. <laughs> um, <laughs> seriously. Now, anyway, you talked about enterprise readiness. Uh, is it there, Andre, would you say, or is there still a ways to go? Well, I would say there are still some ways to go, right? I mean, Rust started, as um, Philip also mentioned, quite at the beginning, kind of a system programming language, which is kind of low level still. But as there is a huge open source community around Rust and the crates are evolving quite tremendously. So there's a number like more than 50,000 crates are already published at Crates.io and they are all available as open source and they are building on top of each other. So if someone comes with a kind of low-level crate, then the next one might have an idea to build on top of that. So we are moving further and further, climbing um, the hill, so to speak, to get more and more high-level crates to be used in um, enterprise contexts, for example. And there are initiatives like RV Game yet or RV Web yet, which are driving those things to get more and more high level attention or attraction to Rust, like building games, 3D games, 2D games, whatever, purely in Rust or developing GUIs, which are transferable or let's say interchangeable, depending on the platform or platform agnostic, so to speak, and all the things. And that's also seen in other companies like Amazon, which provides an Amazon Web Service SDK crate, currently in an alpha or beta release, if I'm not mistaken, completely written Rust, which addresses the Rust community. And recently, there was the Rust Foundation, found by big players like Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Mozilla, which are Platinum members. Looking into the glass bowl, I'm pretty sure they will also drive the language further, which is kind of the logical evolution of the language to receive more high-level crates and to ensure enterprise readiness. Okay, sounds like the, the big ones are already in there, and uh, that is, of course, actually in the end, the guarantee, maybe even more of a guarantee from than just being cool, uh, is when the big ones get interested, I guess. I'll have to, I think, talk about Rust uh, with uh, a guest I'll be having uh, somewhere in the next month. Uh, he was part of the, the Whatcom compiler developers. That was a C++ compiler. The cool thing about it is we have an SAP colleague now who was like back in the 70s, 80s or something uh, already developing on that compiler and that compiler compiled all the cool games of the 90s. It just reminded me, as you said, are we game yet? And that compiler compiled like Doom, Quake, Descent, Tomb Raider, you name it. So I'll talk to this guy in another podcast. It just reminded me of that when you said, are we game yet? Now, we're basically through with the most important things we wanted to share about Rust. So why don't you try and summarize it for our listeners? What are your three key takeaways that you would like everyone to remember from this? I would make it one. Use Rust. It's awesome. <laughs> now, really, when you think of developers, we do our work and we need tools. And who would build a house without professional tools? And to me, Rust is a very professional tool. It's, uh, it's a tool that can make your life easier. Uh, it has batteries included. 
it's really designed well and a lot of big players using it. I think we should not ignore if there's something valuable for other developers, we should try it. So just try Rust. That's my message to you. Thank you very much, Andre and Philip, for being our guests today. It was nice to have you here. We This is our last broadcast before our summer break. Our next episode after this one will be on September 29th, as usual, the last Wednesday of the month. Thank you all for listening to The Open Source Way. If you enjoyed this episode, please share and don't miss our next one, as I said, on September 29th then. You'll find us on OpenSAP and all regular other podcast distributions like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the likes. Thanks again, Phil. Thanks again, Andre. Let's all say goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> See you then. <laughs> <laughs>